0: Let's pray. Father God, we come before you this morning. Again, grateful that we can come and worship you. Father, that you allow that, that you invite us to come and do that. And so, Father, may we worship you well. Father, I thank you for today and all that you, you have planned in it and for it and how you're going to work through it. So, Father, help us to hear you this morning as we walk through Scripture. Help us to hear, help us to understand, Father, why you sent your son, Help us to grasp the bigger picture. it goes far beyond a babe in a manger, so Father, help us to understand that, and help us to uh, help us to grasp that God help us to uh, to see how we should worship, how we should follow, how we should um God treasure those times you were pouring into us and teaching us and shaping us. <clears throat> Father, I just praise you for this opportunity. I thank you for this time. Have your will and your way with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, good to see you guys this morning. It's getting closer to Christmas, right? Well, that was, that was weak. But anyway, it is. Um, it is getting closer to Christmas and, uh, I don't necessarily have a Christmas message, but I did, I did think of this in light of, by the way, we're not in Hebrews today. So I did think of this in light of Jesus coming. Um, and as I was processing some things. I got to thinking about, you know, why did God send Jesus? And uh, I've been seeing a lot of mangers, a lot of babes around lately, you know, and, and that's that's fine. We we need to celebrate the coming of Christ, absolutely. But too many times, and you you may agree or disagree, I don't know, but too many times, that's where so many even even followers, even Christians, leave Jesus, and that's in the in the manger, right? Um, I'm not saying that is a. Uh, I love Jesus in the manger too. But I love Jesus that grew up and fulfill the plan that God had. Amen? Mm-hmm. So today what we're going to look at, why did he send Jesus? And there's four things I'm going to run by you. The reason he sent Jesus. And one of them is, and I want to harp on this probably a little longer than the other three. One of them is, is to reveal the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So if you read the Gospels and you look at Christ and and you come to know Christ, you're coming to know the Father. I've been asked this question before, and it's uh it's always one that usually comes up um, about the Trinity. Um, you know, people want to know when Jesus was born. You go read the Scriptures. Jesus has always been. Well, how did God let Him be born? Um, and these questions get to be where I only answer them because He's God because he's God. That's how that happened. So I believe with all my heart that God was Jesus. Jesus is God wrapped in the flesh. He came to earth as a babe, which by the way, blow is mind boggling, right? He come to come to earth as a babe, grew up, learned, and was teaching. Remember he was what, 12 years old when he was uh, fascinating the leaders in the In the uh, synagogue or the temple, remember that? That was pretty amazing. So he grew up. So Jesus came for a reason. He fulfilled the purpose in which God sent him for. So let's jump in. The title today is just simply this, Why Did God Send Jesus? So the Bible teaches, and if you'll go ahead and put up John um, chapter 6, verse 44, said the Bible teaches that the Father sent the Son into the world. There's no doubt He sent the Son into the world. Um, he says in verse 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me, and at the last day I will raise them up. So God sent Jesus into the world. A few more and we can go and put up verse 57. I'll just share these and, and please write these down. By the way, we had like, I think, I don't know who loaded them, Trey, Jason or Jeremy. I'm not really sure who loaded them, but they, they had a whole tablet full of scriptures today. So I want you to write these down so that you can, you can grasp and understand this, um, this, uh, elevates Jesus much further than just a, a babe in a manger. And I, I keep harping on that. And anyway, I, I see things and hear things that uh, is such a, a cute thing. Anyway, that's a whole nother message. Let's roll on with this one. So verse 57, do we have that? Um, okay. I live because the living Father who sent me, in the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. So again, God sent Jesus. This was intentional. This is God's plan. This is what He done. So why did God send Jesus? One, number one, to reveal the Father. Romans 1, uh, 20, verse 20 says, um, um, we got it. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made, they can, they can clearly see Him. So, God created, you've heard this before. Uh, people ask questions Who is God and what is God like? Look around. Look around. In creation, we learn some things about the Creator, right? Such as eternal power and divine nature. Uh, I don't know how any of y'all or how many of y'all is as weird as this, but uh, I've told you this before a seed sprouting, uh, an acorn falls off of an oak tree and becomes a tree. You know, uh, God created these things. Why does leaves fall off in the wintertime and come on in the spring? I mean, b- and we could say because it's winter and spring, but really, isn't that a divine thing to see? I mean, that, that's an amazing thing to see the process in which it goes through. So you see this in, in his divine nature, his eternal power. Uh, why does the oceans, who was the lady that had the song about 40 years ago, uh, Nicole C. Mullins, I think any of y'all even know her. She's supposed to be a Christian singer, but she sang a song. I remember the song that the oceans could only come so far, and they had to stop because God said so. I love that. But what what does God really like? Is it possible to know Him personally? In the Old Testament, God began to reveal Himself as Creator, Lawgiver, Judge, Redeemer of His people, and then came Jesus. Hebrews chapter one, one and two says this. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now, in these final days, He has spoken to us through His Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son, He created the universe. So Jesus has always been, again, removing the picture that He was born like, it, at a point in history, Jesus didn't begin in the manger. Jesus has always been. He was there. He, he created. He's God in the flesh. So Jesus revealed God in the way that we that really caught our attention. Think about it. Uh I'm just I'm one chapter away from finishing up reading the Gospels again. And so um Uh, In going back through the Gospels, I was telling uh, my son the other day. I said, "I've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I've read uh, John, Luke, Mark, Matthew, and I've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John backwards, forward, sideways, and 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 you get a clear understanding of who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing and why God sent him. If you uh, you know you're paying attention as you." read through, especially the four Gospels. So without Jesus, this is my commentary for today. It's from gotquestions.org. In case you wondering where it's coming from, you can go type it up or print it out and read it for yourself. Without Jesus, we would not be able to see God. We see God in the Scriptures, right? We see God in the Scriptures. Uh, we're not reading about, though it, that it, it does, it's like ancient, it's old, true, but it's just as relevant today than it was when it was written. Amen? So we see God using Christ. We see God wrapped in flesh. We see God in the Scriptures. Without Jesus coming, that would have been very difficult, might near just impossible to see what God's like. No one here has ever seen, he said this in John 1.18, No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in in the closest relationship with the Father. Christ made him known. Jesus is not, or Jesus is, in fact, and take this if you don't hear anything else today, Jesus is the exact representation and perfect imprint of his Father. He's God. He's God. Um, That that took me a while to get my head wrapped around that a few years ago, that... uh, because Father, Son, Father—I mean, Father God, Father Son, Father Spirit—and uh, Jesus came, and He was He was born of, of you know uh, of a woman. He had, He was flesh, yet He was all God, all man. And uh, you have to ponder that for a little while to grasp what that is and and what God is doing and all that. Um, when you go through the Gospels and you begin to read Jesus, uh, answer a few questions: Did Jesus ever weep? Did He ever was He ever sad? Did He ever show that emotion? Sure, He did. Sure he did. Uh, did he ever get angry? One of my favorite passages in Scripture, when he wove the whip together and he did some business in the temple. Je- Jesus did get angry. A righteous anger, a good anger, a well-intended straighten-you-out kind of anger, but he did. Do you ever think Jesus ever sat around and and just pondered and thought about and and treasured who his father was? I think he did, you see Jesus constantly he is he, say this he said, and Jesus went off and prayed, and Jesus went off to to be with the Father, Jesus went off, yeah, so in saying that, if Jesus does that, who should we copy? who should we imitate we We should do the things that Jesus done. I don't know how often we go and and sit and commune and f- just let God speak to us and think through the things he's showing us. Live as Jesus lived, and we'll see that in just a few minutes. So Jesus made God visible. Jesus is, in fact, the exact representation of the Father. That is, if, you, if you've if seen Jesus, John 14, 9 says this, If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the, the Father. Jesus replied, I have been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me, has seen the Father, so why are you asking me to show him to you? Like Father, like Son. This is a very true, true saying. In this case, Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. Without Jesus, we would we would doubt God's love. Write these scriptures down as we get through them. But uh, Luke chapter seven verse twelve. We'll start there. A funeral procession. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. i love to stop right there for just a second. Did, Did Jesus have compassion? for hurting people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Jesus had compassion, and he said, don't cry. Don't cry. He was comforting her as they walked by this lady's son had died. Romans 5, 8, go ahead and put it up. We wouldn't know this. We wouldn't see uh, the works of Jesus that he did uh, in the death that he died. Jesus revealed God's love. God is love. He's the essence of love. Um, Romans 5.8, but God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Uh, there's one you can chomp and, and ponder on for a while, uh, that while we were still in the sewer, while we were still in the depths of sin, while we were still um, God's enemy, while we were, were still against God, and that's what we were. We were against God. While all that God loved us enough, He, he died for us while we were still sinners. If you belong to God through Christ Jesus, you at some point in your life was a God hater. At some point in your life, you were God's enemy. At some point. And God knew that. Um, I've said this from time to time. Looking at God, what God looked at in Noah's day, he wiped them out except Noah's family, right? <laughs> uh, I, I'm like... Would you want to go on with humanity after what you've seen in Noah's day? I mean, wipe them all out. That's that's what we were deserving of. But he sent a Savior. He sent a Savior to call sinners to him. So without Jesus, we would question God's goodness and care. I want to tell you guys, sometimes it gets to, uh, and you hear a lot of this, in certain circles, in certain uh, maybe denominations or whatever, certain I don't even have to be in denominations. I just you hear a lot that present God as a hateful God. He's just a hateful God. Uh, you know, he his goal is to make you miserable and to to drive you in the ground with a sledgehammer. Uh, that's that's what he's like. But when you look at the gospels, when you see passages such as this, I mean, I really process this. What was a widow? Is anybody in here? And and if you are, I want to be very sensitive. Is anybody here ever lost a child? Take for a minute that you lose a child. We've never lost a child, but we lost a nephew, and 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 um, that hurts. You know all the why questions. God, he was only eleven years old. Uh, you let him survive like three days, and and had a little hope, and you ask those why questions. Is is there any compassion? And 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 you come to the understanding and conclusion that there is, there is, because in those times, in those very moments, if you are following Christ, who is the one you go and seek comfort from? And let me ask the question, why do we go and seek comfort? Because he can give it, right? He can comfort like no one else. He comforted this lady. He, he showed extreme compassion. So I just want to make the point that God is caring. And without Jesus, we wouldn't have known that because we wouldn't have passages like this that show that Jesus care or cares. But Jesus revealed God's knowledge of our needs. We'll most likely—I don't know if we'll get there today—but we most likely one of my passages of Scripture that I love to love to cling to is when I'm all out of sorts. We were just talking about this this morning during prayer time. You ever—you ever been in those seasons where like everything is unraveling? You know, you just twist, you turn, and then everything just kind of unravels. You know, and it's small things. Well, not small to us, but small to God. God, God can work us through, through those things. But this quits, uh, it'll start with your pencil lead breaking while you're trying to write something important. Uh, the phone rings at an inopportune time. Next thing you know, your car has flat tires. We actually got that going on. Pray for flat tire people Anyway, you know, we, we got, we got things and it's, it's not like the end of the world. You can get in your tires and then next thing you know, you get out, your car won't crank and, uh, and all the stuff, things break, um, uh, I'm coming in the house now because we've had a season. We're still in that season. It's a blizzard at my house concerning breakdowns. But you know, the the dishwasher stopped, and so okay, not a big deal. It's only two of us. Don't buy. Don't do anything else with clean plate. Just use paper, okay? Well, then we got so much more garbage, and the the dryer quits, and now we're wearing wet clothes, and it ain't you ain't never had fun till you get ready to go to work and slide on a pair of soggy pants. I'm telling you, that's awesome, but. Things things just break. Uh, our car, uh, <laughs> if, if I can encourage the flat tire people for a minute, our car comes home. I go out one morning. I start sending his car up in the mornings for her, and flat tire, on, or not flat but slack. And um, so I pump it up. And and you know she gets to work. She makes it home flat tire. So we had that one fixed. Was it two days later? I walk around to the rear of the car and the rear tire's flat. I'm like, baby doll, are you driving through a tack factory? I, I mean, you know. It's just like it's that little push and pinch. I'm telling you, even in that, as silly as that sounds, God comforts. God comforts. So grasp onto that. Take take God at His word. He is compassionate. He does care about our needs and our desire, uh, and even our desires. And our desires need to be lined up with His plan and. His, his will. But I was going to quote the scripture a while ago that says, uh, Seek first the kingdom of God, everything else will fall into place. I've been quoting that a little bit here, like the seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else will fall into place. We, we can't micromanage and manage things in our life. We need to trust God to manage things in our life. Amen? And so we can't micromanage those things. And, and, and you know, like God, God can deal with those things, and He knows what we need, even before we need it. Even before we need it, He knows what we need. So let me tell you what's coming. No matter what you're in, what, what's going on, seek God, worship Him, praise His name, love Him, follow Him. He'll work out the details. He'll work out the details. But what if they don't work out quite like... It ain't nothing about working out details like I desire Okay? It's about how He desires them. To be so, Matthew six eight. Do we have that? Don't be like them for. Uh, don't be like them for. Your father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. I love that about God. Before I even get on my face, before I even go to him in prayer, before I even uh, you know have that moment with God or those moments with God. He already knows what I need. He already knows exactly what I need. So without Jesus, we might consider God unfair at times because of things and all kinds of things that's going to happen. But in his interactions with people of all backgrounds, Jesus revealed God's impartiality. God, God will help you Jew or Gentile. Think about that. As a follower of Christ, He's he's there. Without Jesus, we would be forever fatherless. This will break your heart. Think of God. He is your Father. And every time I have even said that, I've often thought, some of you in here, some of them listening uh, by live stream, may not have had a great father. You just might not have had a great father. So it's hard to relate. It's really hard to relate. This is a father who truly, when he becomes your father through Jesus Christ, as you come through Jesus Christ, he becomes your father. He is a father that has your best interest at heart. He, is he going to correct? Sure he does. The Bible says that God disciplines those he loves. He disciplines his children. Is he going to show you things that will be difficult? Absolutely. But he's always there to help you through. He's always there to walk with you. He's always there for you. God is compassionate. And and to be fatherless, to be an orphan, spiritually speaking, is is like a... um, I can't paint a cloud that black. That's just horrible. It should break our hearts when we see someone who is fatherless. um, That's just a hard... Hard thing to see, but Jesus showed us that while we that we can approach God as as a child approaches his or her father, there's a relationship not based on creation, law, judgment. There is a family relationship, and if I have to stop right here today, I, I want us to understand this because. Um, I, think, I don't think there's any better season to grasp what he's talking about, meaning a family relationship. I don't know how well you view God as your father, as your father. What a father should be, what a father must be, what the true father is. I don't want you to miss that. It is a family relationship. I've told you all this story before. Um, you can, and y'all know this, right? Because of what Jesus done on the cross of Calvary, we can go straight before or straight to the throne of God. Amen. We we can go have a conversation with God. We can walk through the curtain where the curtain was because it was torn. It opened up the uh, the possibility and the hope for us to go into the throne room of God and talk and commune with God. I struggled with that. I don't know about y'all, but I, I'm a sinner. I struggled with going into the throne room of God. I told y'all, the picture I had is a five-gallon bucket sitting outside the doorway, and I would just lean over and peek, peek in to the throne room of God and hope that He didn't can me. And this is going to sound silly and stupid and whatever, but it, it, I think God used it to get me past that. I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I've told y'all before about the Wemmicks. This was a little wooden village, and he made wooden people. And the wooden people had went loco. They had just went crazy. And what they were doing, if you did certain things according to their thinking, they would give you a gold star. If you didn't do things according to the way they thought, they would give you a black dot. And there was this one little guy in there named Poncinello. He was dotted up. He had black dots. He couldn't do any. He couldn't even sneeze right. You know, he was just blotted up. Well, the, the name of the woodmaker that made the Wemmicks, his name was Elijah. And so there was this little girl in the village of Wimmix that told Poncinello, she, she told him, she said, uh, look, man, you, you care what other people think. That's the reason the dots are sticking to you. You get your affirmation from God, not people. You get your. Average. She said that's the reason I walk through the village, and they're constantly trying to stick these dots on me, and they just thump off. Because what God says about me is true, not what man says. And so Poncinillo decides to go see Elijah, and Elijah said he walks in the door, and, and, and this is this is where it, like that's it. A goofy little cartoon. That's it. He peeks in the door. He's nervous. He just knows that Elijah's going to hit him with the hammer and smash him and throw him in the fireplace and just burn him. And, and you know, he looks in the door and he, and he gets in there and he starts to run. And then Elijah pops up and says, where are you going? Where are you going? Come here. Come here. And these big, enormous hands reaches down and picks him up, sets him on a little pedestal. On, on his desk and begins to tell him how much he loves him and said, I want you to come to me each and every day and let me reassure you of that. This was a father. It's what a father looks like. It's what a, it's, it's what a father does. So there is a relationship, a family relationship. It's not based on creation law or judgment. Matthew chapter 12, verse 49 and 50. Then he pointed to his disciples and said, Look, these are my mothers and brothers. Anyone, this this is who his mothers and brothers are. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, sister, and mother. There is a relationship. And I don't know how simply to put this, And this this can be taken wrong, and I, I don't want it to be taken wrong at all but but God is your daddy. If you belong to him, he is is, is personal, it's intimate. I was almost my, my dad was a disciplinarian and he loved me, and I know he loved me, but uh he couldn't express love and don't know quite well if you know our family, you know why, but anyway um but i I had friends in high school that had dads. That would would do things and take things. It's just so. It's like so abnormal. It's like wow. You you mean you're gonna take the time, you know, take the time. It's it's that picture of a father as he should be. J.I. Packer wrote, and I love this quote. He wrote this said, "If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much." he or she makes of the thought of being God's child. I'm going to read that one more time. So it'll be two. (laughs) J.I. Packer wrote, If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he, he or she makes of the thought of being God's child, having God as their father. Is that a big deal to them? Is that huge? Is it something that they anchored in? Something they know? Something that you can't drag out of them? You can't change their mind? They know that God is their Father. How big of a deal? How much do we make of Him being our Father? Everything that Christ taught is summed up in the knowledge of the fatherhood of God. Jesus spoke uh, spoke God's words, thought God's thoughts. This is Jesus revealing the Father felt and expressed God's emotions, and did God's works, God sent Jesus into the world re- to reveal who the Father is. So that's point one. Why did He come? To show us who God is. Now we get into some that, that is obvious. I mean, that, you know, and I, I'm not saying that Him revealing the Father wasn't obvious to you, but uh, that was that, that is such an important part to understand um what that looks like because really and truly our relationships and our ministries or whatever we do will operate out of that. How we view God. Do we believe what we're saying about God? Can we trust what we're saying about God? Do we believe what God is showing us? Do I trust the Word? What He showed us about God. So why did God send Jesus? To do away with sin. Hebrews 9.26 says this, If that had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death and sacrifice. Jesus came to do away with sin. Now, I don't know how far we're going to get in this one. I'm going to call it here in about three or four minutes, so we'll pick up next week. But um, I'm a sinful man. We got any other sinners in the building? I'm a a, a sinful man. I'll tell you something about sin. Without God, without Him sending Christ, sin would have a hold on you that you could never break away from. You could never get away from it. But because Christ came, because Christ came, sin has no power over the ones who are in Christ Jesus. And the reason I want to Harp on that a little bit is because I have. I don't know about you, but I can say there's times that uh, that I I just sin. I don't plan it, but but I just sin. Uh, My mouth's my worst enemy. Anybody else in here? It, It is. I'll say things that should never have been said. Man, there's days I wished I could just stretch my tongue out and take a knife and just cut it off and throw it away. I think I'd do life better by being mute. You know, sin does not control or have to control us. Jesus defeated that. Said so God sent Jesus not to deny the fact of sin, not to help us forget about sin. Denials and cover-ups were not His purpose. God wanted to do away, to do away with sin, once and for all in Christ. God forgave sin and released us from the penalty. Through faith in, his, if we, through faith in the Son, we uh, have full deliverance. Y'all ever do word studies? Y'all, y'all ever just get a word and just think about that word? This is a beautiful word. Deliverance. Concerning God, deliverance. It's been said, you know, you, you can't really appreciate a relationship with Christ until you understand what you were delivered from. I mean, we, we were, guys, if you're sitting in here and you know Christ, you can give thanks every day because you were hell bound. You were headed for destruction, you were headed for death, and then Jesus, then Jesus. Amen. Deliverance, deliverance from guilt, deliverance from anxiety, deliverance from uh, wrong thinking, deliverance from things that detour us and take us away from God. He delivered us from those things. So we have been delivered, if you know God through Christ, and the sin has no hold on you. Here's how we'll wind up today. Everybody in this room's got a sin. I, I'll promise you, you got something you're struggling with. Now, whether you participate or whether you don't, you may not even know it to this point. But there's something, uh, because we've talked about this before. Um, we're gonna struggle and need to be repentive until God takes us home. Amen. Absolutely. So there, there's sin in our lives that we have been delivered from. It's a matter of repenting. It's a matter of giving it over. Even in Christ, those who are in Christ, they're going to fall into things that they shouldn't be in. Keep a repentive heart. Go before God. Ask Him for strength. Know that sin does not have a hold on you. Sin can't control you because of Christ. If it is controlling you, it's because you've given it permission. Um. I've actually sat with people who said, and these are professing believers, sat with people who said, I can't get past that. Now, I got things in my life I'm still going to have to get past, right? And I know that. But my question being, if this is the teaching of Scripture, if God defeated through Christ, if He defeated sin, took its power away, if He took its power away how can it have power over someone that belongs to Christ? It can't, unless we let it. It's been defeated. Romans 8 1. Romans 8 1. So now there is no what? Read this one with me. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. That might, might be a, a, a simple verse, and I know we've probably read that a lot, but uh, there's no condemnation. So we'll wind up this way. Do you think of yourself as being not condemned? Or how often do you condemn yourself? How often do you remind yourself of this very passage of Scripture? There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If Christ Jesus is in me, I am not condemned. I've been saved I've been redeemed I've been restored I've been brought to I've been given new life in Christ our religious actions our religious actions cannot put away sin we can't fight it with religious actions neither can feeling sorry practicing self-denial or holy living, none of that wipes sin away. Not even our death can get rid of sin. Sin is a blot on our soul and a stain in the fabric of our being, and the only way for it to be washed away is through Christ Jesus. His sacrifice on the cross, His being raised from the dead, salvation comes through Christ Jesus alone can put away sin. Last verse for today, 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds we are healed. So there's two two reasons Jesus came. I don't know about you, but I know Thanksgiving has passed, and I hope you guys don't let Thanksgiving just pass. We need to be in Thanksgiving every day of the week. I am thankful for a God who has delivered me. I'm thankful for a God, uh, let me put it in more personal terms, I'm thankful for a daddy who doesn't give up on me. I'm thankful for a daddy who is constantly... um, uh, Looking at, guiding, leading, molding, shaping, speaking to, having a conversation with. I'm thankful for a daddy who always has time when I go to him. I'm thankful that I can go in the house without any restriction. I can walk straight up to the throne and I can talk to my heavenly father. I'm thankful for those things. He's our, our father. So Jesus came for those reasons. Next week, if you want to get your mind stirred, I'll give you one of them. Um, one reason he came is to provide an example of a holy life. I hate this excuse. Someone will do something and they'll say, well, I can't help myself. And you'll say, yes, you can. Uh, Well, I'm not perfect. You ever heard that? I'm not perfect. No, you're not. You don't live a perfect life, but you've been made perfect in who? Christ. Start acting like it. Live like that. Live like that. How to live a holy life. Danny and holy, those two things don't seem to go together. But you put Jesus Christ in there, and it fits perfectly. Jesus has made you holy, and He's making you holy. He's transforming us. So we'll talk more about that next week. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank You and praise You for this day. (laughs) God, help us. Help us to see You. Help us to understand, Father. Help us to, uh, to be drawn to You. God creating us and continue to build us a desire to seek you, to come to you. Father, help us to chase after you and you alone. You promise us that everything else, you will put it in the place it needs to be. Help us to trust that. Help us to trust you to uh, organize, orchestrate, and put our lives exactly where it needs to be and how it needs to be all for the purpose of bringing glory to You. Father, help us this week to see You as our Father. I pray that that would be made um, largely intimate in our life this week, that we would realize that. Father, help us to know that we can come before You. Help us know, God, that it is important to be before you to draw strength from you to draw wisdom and knowledge from you so that we may go and live to glorify you so father deal with your children may we seek after you we love you and thank you in Jesus name amen